Hi, welcome to the Creative Review podcast. This podcast is a special on World Cup advertising. My name's Eliza Williams and I'm here today with Patrick Burgoyne. Hi. And Rachel Stephen. Hi. And we're going to sort of talk through all the ads that have come out so far and maybe try and guess which ones are going to come out in the future. Because it's Wednesday, the day before the World Cup, and slightly weirdly, they haven't all come out yet. At least we don't think they have. There's sort of rumours there's some more to come from some of the big guys. But we're working with what we've seen so far, which, to be honest, is slightly a damp squib. But anyway, before we get into that, perhaps we need to set this World Cup in context, which I'm going to go over to Patrick to do. Uh, So, Patrick, what's different about the Russian World Cup this time? Well, I think in terms of brands' involvement, there are a few things which combine to make this World Cup a little more difficult, I think, for brands to fully embrace. So... Most people will remember that in the lead up to this World Cup in the last few years, there have been various scandals around FIFA, lots of allegations about corruption. And so understandably, I think some brands were a little less reluctant to ally themselves quite so closely with with the World Cup, which is obviously FIFA's big event. So there was some kind of distancing going on, I think. Um, I think also the fact that the, the host nation Russia brings with it some of its own problems, whether that's to do with uh, LGBT rights or whether it's to do with recent events with Russia in Syria or a Skirpal case or any of those things, I think, could also be affecting the willingness of people to, to really get on, on board with this World Cup in, in a way that's maybe different to previous ones. I think there's a wider issue as well about um, international football in the World Cup. And I think the big problem for the World Cup and for FIFA is that the World Cup is not the pinnacle of football that it used to be in the past. Champions League is the place where the best quality football is played, where all the great players are playing, and they're doing it almost every week for a whole season. So in years gone by, the World Cup used to be this event where it was your chance to see all these incredible people that you'd heard of but you'd never seen play. All these kind of exotic names, Brazilians and Argentinians and people from all over the world. And and for once, you've got the chance to see them play and international football was the kind of pinnacle. And I, I just don't think that applies anymore. You know, you see these players playing regularly every week, so you have a different kind of relationship with them. And international football itself is just, let's, let's be honest about it, it's not as good as Champions League football. Yeah, but, OK, I hear all that, but I'm not a particular football fan, and yet I feel like the World Cup is quite exciting beyond being a football fan. I feel there's something about that kind of nations challenging each other, the kind of stories like Iceland being, you know, in it for the first time and that kind of underdog story, that sense of kind of interest that you get about how a particular country's standard is. So, like, how good are Germany going to be this year? Are Brazil going to be better than they were last time? So I feel like there's still a sort of thing, a buzz. About, you know, it's like the Olympics, there's, you know, everyone yeah. knows about it beforehand and then it arrives and you're like, actually, I really want to see no, Saudi no, I- Arabia versus... I think, that, I think that's probably true. I think there's probably a difference. I think you're, you're right to point out that there's a difference between the sort of the football fan and the general fan. Yeah. And, and there, it undeniably is still a huge occasion and it's still really I- I- exciting. And I think the difference has shown up with, with uh, for example, I, I saw on, on, on Marketing Week, they were talking to uh, one of the Adidas marketing team, Casper um, Rorstead, who was saying that he felt this World Cup was, was, would, be, would have less of an impact on sales than the Brazil one. So they were looking at it in a slightly different way. They weren't looking at it as a way to drive yeah. sales of boots I mean, that and balls. could relate to the Russia thing, I think, because Brazil, obviously, there was a 
there's a sort of simplicity to the Brazil marketing story. I yeah. It's sunshine, it's happiness, it's home of football, it's kind of, you know, bright colours, good times. Yeah. Thing, which, even if you took out the kind of geopolitical climate, it's not, there's not such an obvious link with Russia in that sense. Yeah, and I think also, of course, you know, there's a danger that we just look at it through a, a British lens and elsewhere mm. in the world, I'm sure their experience of the World Cup and their excitement for the World Cup is very different. And if you look at, you know, who's spending more money on World Cup advertising, the biggest growth is in places like China. Yeah, so especially it, you know, this year. So I think, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's easy to draw some conclusions from our sort of maybe more jaded perspective, but elsewhere mm. in the world, you know, it's still an incredibly exciting thing for everyone. Yeah. So from a marketing point of view, the one, you know, the ones that we, w- we would always at Creative Review write about would always be obviously Adidas versus Nike. So this year, uh, it's felt like it hasn't really happened. It's not happened yet. Yeah. No. I mean, what have we seen, Rachel? Have you, so you've been watching some of them. What have we had from Nike this year so far? Well, we had the nice uh, Brazil spot, which I think, I guess, kind of tapped into nostalgia a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think maybe after the slightly humiliating defeat of uh, 2014 and the 7-1 loss they're maybe trying to look back to better times when um, Brazil um, was, was kind of a, definitely associated with being the kind of champions of the World Cup yeah. to watch out for um, and it referenced old ads didn't it it referenced the um, airport the airport ad yeah. with Ronaldo and yeah, yeah it did yeah ad. and I think it just it's it's a really solid World Cup ad I think it has it has all the kind of key ingredients to get people excited I think it has that nod to kind of grassroots football in Brazil it it really uh, kind of captures that sense that, that football is so kind of ingrained in, in Brazilian culture. Um, there's there's kids involved. For the Brazilian You've got the big names. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it, it, in a way, you know, it's, it, it is a solid effort. Um, it, it has all the things you'd expect and you'd want from, from a World Cup ad. Um, but I guess in the context of it, it having gone kind of bigger and bigger and, and more epic over the past few years, it, it doesn't maybe have quite the... Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's worth remembering, I think, for the, for the Brazilian World Cup that Nike released um, their first kind of big spot they, and big global spot, so it wasn't tied to a country. Uh, I think two months ahead, eight, in April, before the, the tournament in June, so this is for the 2014 World Cup, and that was directed by Jonathan Glazer, and it was, you know, it, it, to be honest, it wasn't an enormously exciting ad, but it had big, famous players in it, and it, you know, it was glossy. And then... In the week of the World Cup, so the equivalent to now, they released a five-minute-long animated ad, which was much more special and you know really stood out. And I think was probably one of the widest shared ads. And I just feel like we haven't really, on a global level. I mean, the Nike Brazil ad is very nice, but we just haven't really heard from them in a sort of big way this time round. Yeah. And it's almost like they're going, well, shall we bother? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Well, I wonder. Away, what, what, really. I mean, last time there was a lot of. Um, reactive stuff going on during the tournament, a lot of social stuff, a lot of stuff being made very quickly um, about particular results or particular kind of moments of action or controversy or something. Yeah. You know, you had the, the, the um, for the first time people were talking about, and this is one of the more fatuous bits of marketing terminology, the war room that Adidas supposedly <laughs> oh, had God. in Brazil right. to, to put, you know. Um, I reckon we'll have a lot more of that this time. There'll be a lot of stuff done on the fly, a lot of stuff that will be um, put out on social media. Well, yeah, you say that though, but we did an interview with um, Florian Out, who's uh, Adidas's, I'm not going to get his direct, his title right, but he's sort of the head of marketing um, for Adidas Football, who are supposedly releasing an ad. They haven't yet on this, this morning, we're recording this, but they're supposed to be having something out later this week. 
I mean, he was saying there that's kind of doing stuff on the fly because there's so many different ways that um, people can get the information about results and scores and so on that they don't sort of put a huge amount of money into sort of trying to do results driven stuff although I'm sure they will do fun things related to stuff that happens yeah. that people will share I think so it'll be about those sense. moments you know last yeah. time it was um, Suarez biting that guy and, you yeah know, there'll be things like that that'll happen that people will want to pick up on and yeah and yeah. spin things around I'm sure yes because Adidas so to talk about Adidas we talk about Nike uh, Adidas have released an ad which has coincided with the World Cup although makes no mention of the World Cup. Yeah, and they are an official so sponsor, so they are allowed to mention the World Cup. But they make some obl- weird, oblique reference to a big sporting moment or something. Yeah, in the press release, <laughs> yeah. which is very, was pretty odd. And I mean, it's so odd that, in fact, Rachel and I were discussing, w- w- is it that they aren't official sponsors? But they definitely are the official yeah, sponsors. Yeah, I mean, I was slightly confused because some other ads, like the Umbro one, kind of uh, make a point of saying they're not the official sponsor, so they can't mention it. Um, and it's kind of a joke at the start of the ad. But... The Adidas one just makes no mention. Presumably, they are allowed to do that. Um, but instead, the the Adidas brand ad, so not the Adidas football ad, um, is just a bit of a mashup of kind of music and fashion and culture. And there's lots of mention of creativity and rewriting the rule book, but without really saying anything specific. Throwing away the script, <laughs> yeah. which Messi literally um, does at one point. Which, uh, yeah. So in a way, the overall message is just quite confusing. And I think if you're going to make a big budget World Cup ad and bring in some famous names, just go all out. Just yeah just mention it really yeah 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 exactly <laughs> let's talk cup. about what's happening yeah. yeah yeah it was funny with that i we also interviewed um james kirkham who's head of copper 90 the the fan website and they have recently done a report about uh, what the football fans how football fans are changing football culture i guess and it, it's it's pretty interesting really it crosses across broadcasting but also marketing and he was saying about this, the fact that younger football fans, so I guess this is the 18 to 24 demographic, uh, share, they share stuff, but they share it on dark social, which uh, I love that expression, makes it sound so mysterious, <laughs> um, which is things like WhatsApp. Uh, so essentially talking more privately, but still having a conversation. But So whereas brands in the past may have wanted to join the conversation uh, on Twitter and so on, they, they can't really because it's happening privately. So they have to be sort of in, literally invited in um, so that I think will also undoubtedly there will be stuff happening that we're probably not seeing so much. But I have thought it was surprising that we've added Adidas's main ad, which again you know could be aimed at someone like me who's a kind of passing fan who's interested in the World Cup that they haven't sort of tried to generate excitement around around the event. Like they've done it, but it's almost like they've done it because they feel they have to. Yeah, and I guess that that idea of kind of generating excitement around the event. You- there are lots of ways you can appeal to people who aren't avid football fans, but they're they're going to tune in for the World Cup. And you know, I was interviewing um, the creative lead for BBC Football, Mark Woodward, um, earlier today, and and he was talking about how one of the things they're really trying to do through a lot of their promos and features um, is to appeal to the broadest possible audience. Is is go and tell some of those stories about the history of the game and amazing matches from years gone by, um, iconic footballers from years gone by, but also. Um, a little bit about the kind of culture of, of Russian football and, and just telling a really broad range of, I guess, and personal stories and mm. and things around that. Um, so there is potential to do that. I guess you don't have to kind of just focus on the football if you want to do a, a great World Cup ad or a great piece of content. But but the Adidas one, yeah, it's it's just a little bit more vague than that. I know, really. and there's um, your point there, there's really no mention of Russia, whereas virtually all the, the Brazil uh, football ads for the World Cup, Brazil World Cup, 
really did sort of reference Brazil, either through its kind of the colouring or the sunshine. Or, well, I yeah. suppose the cliches are so much more seductive about Brazil than about Russia. <laughs> yeah, but then you mentioned the BBC Marketing makes friendly. me think of that, of the trailer that the BBC have done for their coverage, which was really lovely. They've done a, which and very heavily sort of refers to Russian culture. And it's, um, it's, I, it's likely that you will have seen it, but there's a, it features... Uh, big moments from World Cups past. I think going back to the 80s, not much further back than that. So sadly, it doesn't feature a 66 moment. But uh, uh, and they're all they're all sort of taken and then recreated in embroidery and tapestry. So I think the reference is Russian uh, tapestries, and it has a sort of Russian folk song as the soundtrack. And so they're not avoiding the Russia thing there, but maybe because it's the BBC. They don't feel so scared of it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they're also, um, they constantly have to, because their remit is appeal to appeal to everybody and the broadest possible yeah. audience, I guess they're trying to look at slightly alternative ways to represent the game or the tournament or uh, the country in which it's taking place. Um, so I think that's a really nice, interesting example, though, um, of how you can do something a bit different. Because ITV, their promo, um, which was also quite fun, actually, was very much kind of forget the defeat, forget the humiliation. Yeah, it was um, England yeah. Yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I <laughs> like the fact they're acknowledging that it's most likely there will be a little bit of disappointment for the England yeah, fans, yeah. Bobby, but let's all get excited anyway. It's the World Cup, which was yes. yeah, quite a fun, simple message. I'm wondering if England should take a leaf out of Iceland, sort of a <laughs> more kind of, we know we're never going to win, <laughs> but uh, let's just go let's and enjoy, enjoy it. it anyway. Maybe that should be our, our future. I think the Beats one is probably the strongest. Yeah, one so, the strongest Beats, so Beats uh, four years ago, I think that was the first time they'd done a kind of World Cup-related act, because they're not official either, but... Um, they sort of stole, supposedly, in marketing worlds, uh, stole the, the ad game last time with the game before the game, which was quite a sort of sombre and, um, you know, sort of serious, you know, the game is very serious for the, for the Brazil one. But whereas this time they've come back with something a bit more comical, would you say? Yeah, it's got a bit of kind of swagger as well. Um, I can see it really appealing to that younger audience, so kind of pre-teens and young teens as well, um, who... Uh, are quite big fans of the kind of Beats brand and also that idea of uh, kind of wanting to know what their favourite footballers are into and give music and um, watching lots of kind of YouTube videos about them because it's a it's a four minute long ad but it's yeah. essentially kind of broken down into these short minute long I guess clips with with kind of different footballers but again it's got all those good ingredients of kind of good music and it's fun and it's got some big name stars um, yeah and directed by Guy Ritchie which slightly took me by surprise yeah. honest. yeah not when you hear the voice over there yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got very, very Guy Ritchie-esque Instantly geezer. Instantly about it, I think, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's definitely his formula. But, uh, but yeah, it's good fun. Has there been any others, Pat? Anything else you've liked or not liked? The only, no, I think the BBC trailer is, is by far the most interesting. Isn't World that weird that the BBC thing. trailer is the best? Yeah, so far. <laughs> I'm hoping that some someone in Wyden Kennedy HQ or uh, Iris for Adidas is, has, yeah. at this very moment, putting the finishing touches on a worthy successor to Airport or Good Versus Evil or Right the Future or any of those brilliant yeah. ads from tournaments Even the poster, you think of the, po- the you know, the Wayne, famous Wayne Rooney poster. Yeah. I mean, you just don't, yeah, there's yeah, been yeah. no visuals like that. Been nothing like that. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything from years gone by that you, uh, apart from all those ones you've just mentioned? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just keep, I, I think I probably just keep coming back to Airport because I think it was, um, you know, it was the one uh, where the Brazilian team were performing all si- kinds of tricks 
in an airport departure lounge. It had all these great stars in the original yeah. Ronaldo, etc., etc. And it was kind of joyous, and it was really interesting that John Woo directed it. So somebody who wasn't kind of noted for doing that, that, that kind of yeah, work it was at all. The, it sort of set a formula, didn't it? Really? Yeah, and it had yeah. great soundtrack, and it was just. Um, um, a really lovely piece that avoided some of the more kind of pompous uh, nature of some of the kind of stuff about it's football, it's a game, it's you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's life and death. It was just quite joyous and fun and left you feeling good. I wonder if that ties back into what you're saying there about there is so much football around now and, and things like even the Premier League as well, you know, yeah. all of those players that you might have only previously seen in the World Cup, a lot of them are playing in England, you might have gone yeah. to see them. But equally, all of those teams as well have their own YouTube channels and they're putting out amazing content with Absolutely, tricks and great. Yeah, yeah. So, but I still think there's something to be said for doing an ad that just has some amazing football in it. But maybe the World Cup ad is, is your chance to do that in a really unusual setting or with a great soundtrack or team up with a great director. But yeah. I wonder if maybe people are shying away from it a little bit because they feel like fans are just being exposed to that on lots of different platforms at the yeah, moment. Yeah, that's a good point. I think. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I sort of, the one I always think of is... Um, it's maybe because it isn't so epic actually is the old lines which are uh, mm. quite a long time ago now probably maybe 2010 or maybe even earlier than that Carlsberg but Carlsberg yeah where they got together the old uh, the old yeah that British was great team like, yeah. like scrabbling because I can't remember the details but I just remember it being very uh, it was very gentle it was sort of they were all playing like a kind of local pub team I guess and it had a kind of softness and a charm yeah. but also felt sort of real-ish as well no, it was know, great it was really nicely done it had um, you know it was just all the kind of classic stuff of a Sunday football where yeah. players being picked up in the morning all feeling kind of hungover and everything and it's ch- getting changed. There was some obvious real relationships between. Yeah, them. yeah. Obviously, all knew each other. Yeah, and getting changed yeah. in some awful kind of shed, and you know, playing on a yeah. park pitch, and it was great. It was really, really charming. And yeah, well, brands traditionally always tapped into the humour really well yeah. as well, and and it was always the kind of fun grassroots side of football that they would <laughs> yeah. look at. But they've been strangely absent, haven't they? So well, far. I, I think it's any... yeah. I think it's back to the thing we've talked about before recently about humour generally being maybe slightly difficult on a global stage that. What because the old lines was obviously a Brit- it was aimed at a British audience really yeah and so it it kind of worked in that gentle way whereas I don't know maybe that wouldn't really have much resonance in America or you know elsewhere in China you know I suppose that the 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 global thing does create some real duffers though like who's the what's the um with, is it for Qatar Air or something yeah you know every dancing in the streets that. <laughs> Um, oh I can't God. say that did inspire me to, to, to want to <laughs> shimmy my way through London. Um, yeah, that was just bizarre. We were talking about <laughs> how it kind of feels like uh, a, a, a kind of um, just lots of ingredients thrown in. To, to yeah, the of. advertising is uh, like the computer. You press the button, we need a famous person, yeah, kind of famous song. It had all, all kinds yeah. of, yeah. there was dancing, there was catchy songs, there was Nicole Scherzinger, and so I can I can see how all that might have come together, but it just... It, doesn't quite hit the but spot, I think. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, and Coca-Cola just went for uh, very product-heavy um, is, is probably the best way to describe it. But again, um, I think you were saying that that idea of trying to appeal to everybody um, yeah. actually sometimes can just create something that, that just feels a little bit more confusing than something that maybe just targeted a very specific market um, and t- spoke to them in a kind of specific way. Yeah, well, just having a, a sort of idea there, really. Somehow yeah. it didn't feel like there's been been sort of strong kind of ideas. Because even the Adidas one, which has got an idea, but its idea is creativity, which obviously at Creative Review we should be fully behind in all forms. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it just doesn't feel like it's it's sort of identifying itself in any strong way about anything. No. So, yeah. 
and it's got all these famous people but none of them were really given anything much to do and so it all feels slightly wooden and weird and yeah i mean i'm sure it's probably got much more difficult now to um work with all these players because they have such limited time Um, so they might get you know an hour with Messi to do the ad um, so it, you know all, all those ads that need to be a roll call of all the sponsored players that the brand has got they probably are much more difficult to do anything beyond just simply oh look there's the so-and-so oh look there's so-and-so well, they have their own yeah. Instagram channels and things now as well like yeah. Benjamin Mendy's got yeah a massive following and yeah. he's really active on Instagram and it's a great thing there <laughs> with my football knowledge, but <laughs> lots of the footballers have, uh, yes, have, have their own people. social media profiles uh, through which they are also posting content. Absolutely. So maybe they're slightly less interested in the idea yeah, yeah. of these blockbuster ads now. Because or they're just kind of bought in for, like, you've got 20 minutes. That's and it. So I think it's that's almost it, yeah. like, like, right, stand there, do yeah. this. And then he does it. And yeah, yeah. You're and never going to get a huge amount of character yeah. from it. You're not going to get 30 takes from yeah. Lionel. No, and even with Beckham, like I, you know, I sort of feel like with Beckham that he's done so many ads and he's still just so often just <laughs> seems sort of wooden as anything. And and but you know that he can sort of deliver it because there was that. It, this isn't a World Cup ad, but one of my favourite sports ads, if there's going to be a bracket for that, is um, again going back years. But when Beckham did that uh, Adidas ad with Johnny Wilkinson, where oh, they. Yeah. They both uh, sort of talked about how they kick the ball, basically. It was a very simple premise. But for once, he seemed totally natural and actually very sort of charming with it. But I see him pop up in the latest Adidas ad and you think, come on. <laughs> come on, Dave, do come something. On, Dave, do something. <laughs> this has got to be your 2000th ad of yeah. <laughs> the last few years. Oh, well. At least there's always Zlatan and his Visa card. Exactly. <laughs> Well, maybe to just to finish off, there was one thing that I was thinking is when I spoke to the Copper 90 guy, he was talking about how uh, the woman's game, women's game, uh, is is sort of about to kind of explode in terms of interest and that brands are very interested, interested in it and that it comes with less sort of baggage, I suppose, mm. in every sense. Like Because one of the problems with marketing for the for the male game is that everything feels like it's been a bit done already, you know? Um, so maybe that's what's going to be interesting is is next year we're going to get some amazing women's football ads. Yeah, because right now, obviously, understandably, uh, the teams are all male, so a lot of the ads are entirely male casts. Um, yeah. But there's very few ads that have tried to bring in women. Um, Serena Williams pops up in a sort of <laughs> random way in one of them. It's like, we need a, we need a woman's sponsor. And things like the little ad as well, which has kids talking to footballers and asking them questions, has a mix of kind of girls showing that girls can be into football too. Um, so that was kind yeah. of nice to see um, because it's kind of missing. So I would be really excited to see lots of great ads come out around women's football. In fact, and, and you saw... Really interesting stories told there about uh, kind of local teams and things like that, as well as national teams and yeah, yeah. players. In a way, it feels slightly like they've missed a trick not to bring in some of the female players this time, actually. Even yeah. if it was just in a sort of cameo kind of way because it seems a bit random to have Serena Williams but yeah there's a lot of women footballers you could have gone to not that Serena Williams isn't great why not have her in that I guess <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if you can indeed do. yeah she's slightly less wooden than the rest but anyway on that note <laughs> uh, I think we'll wrap it up there all right thanks for listening uh, this week we've had a lot of World Cup coverage on our website so check out creativereview.co.uk to find out more mm-hmm.